keep praying for uh, the Middle East, Israel, and uh, uh, everybody over there. You know, if, uh, if you're paying any attention, the world is going crazy. You know, now, and you know, it could be a sign before this thing's over, if we were wrong about the rapture, uh, if you see the whole world turn against Israel, you better make sure you're ready to meet Jesus. Because they're, they're, they're slowly happening. Uh, and uh, so we'll see, you know, how messed up our world has gotten when they praise Hamas. And, uh, you know, can, can you, could you, be, you know, if you see just a little bit of this anti-Semitism, this is not even a fraction of how it was in the Holocaust. If you could imagine going back there and, and seeing how they were treated, you know, just pray that the Israelites would get saved, uh, that the Palestinians, that the, uh, the Muslims, um, uh, you know, Iran, that whole group, man, they need Jesus. They do. You know, unfortunately, the Bible tells us until Jesus comes back, there will never be peace over there. I mean, there's not. Uh, and uh, I think Israel has a right to defend themselves. And, uh, and, you know, the United States and China and Russia and Canada is not going to tell Israel what to do. <laughs> and they're just fools when they stand up and say, well, you need to have a ceasefire. <laughs> yeah, they're wasting their breath. But pray, you know, that, that, that a lot of God's own chosen people through all this could get saved. You know, because by and large, the Jews don't believe in Jesus. Uh, and, uh, you know, it says in the Scripture, only a fraction of his own people will get will be saved. You know what a fraction is, right? That ain't many. So uh, just be praying. Keep praying for all, all that's going on there. And uh, our own country, man, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Well, I apologize for having on my lumberjack shirt. I thought it was warmer in here than it was, and I didn't bring, but this is the only long sleeve shirt I had with me today. So uh, we'll have the heater going maybe by, well, I know by the end of the day anyway. We just have to unplug a couple things, and we we didn't plug them back up. How about that? Y'all all right, though? All right. Uh, today we're talking about uh, how God speaks. And again, uh, what I'm going to share with you, and I, I printed out some handouts of this one because, again, it's a compliment, I hope, to uh, the study that you had because, man, you know, there's a chapter for he speaks through the Bible, he speaks through prayer, he speaks through circumstances, he speaks through the church. In your study, uh, Dallas put on the app every one of those chapters because each chapter deals with one uh, specific of how God speaks to us, okay? Um, so I'm, I'm kind of talking about, in general, how we can listen and how uh, you have to do more than one thing to clearly understand what God is saying to you. And I, I don't know if you've ever come across this, uh, this kind of layout before, but that's, that's what this is. And it is, it's the same thing, uh, but a little more specific as to how can we hear God and make sure it's God and not our subconscious or not somebody else telling us that we can make sure that it's God speaking to us. So, you know, that's what we're looking at. Uh, if you're really interested in knowing what God says, it's going to take something. 
out of you to really know that. Uh, it's, it's not just, it's not a flimsy thing to be dealing with. It, it's, if you really want to know. But if, uh, anyway, we won't get finished. I already know that. Uh, but because there's quite a bit in this, but I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'll print it out and Danny will put it on the, uh, website because you'll want to go back over some of this. Uh, I mean, I know if you're interested in how this can help put all those other chapters in the place to say, okay, this is how this might flesh itself out. God is a God who speaks. You know, he started out speaking. You know, how, how was the creation started? Remember? And God spoke, and it happened. He's been a communicating God from day one. And he spoke, and it became light. And he spoke in this, and he spoke. God is a God who speaks. He visits Adam and Eve, and he speaks with them. He walks with Enoch in a conversation, and he takes him up, and he's gone. Face to face with Moses. I mean, you see constant of these things. And a lot of times we look at these and we say, well, man, that's just exceptional well, not necessarily is it supposed to be. It's, it's not supposed to be exceptional that God speaks to us and that we hear it. <laughs> it really should be kind of a common thing. If we're talking about having a personal relationship with Jesus, God through Jesus, if you have a personal relationship with someone, don't you communicate with them? I hope. So why would we think that, uh, why would we think that, that shouldn't be a common thing? Uh, and kind of, it's almost like we don't. It is a historical, unique thing, but it's not where this—that was the only time that it was supposed to happen. <laughs> but now, in this day and time, when you start talking about God speaking to you, you got to be a little bit careful. Why? Because that's kind of like somebody saying, "I saw a UFO." How do people start treating when you start saying, "I saw a UFO"? Well, either he's crazy or he's crazy. Of lately, they've been having pictures of UFOs, right? Y'all seeing those? Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, who's, I don't, what, I don't know what that's about. Uh, but they got pictures of flying saucers that look real. But Lord knows what you can do with a computer nowadays. You don't know what to trust anything. You know, unfortunately, I hate to say that, but that's exactly the way it is. You, somebody said, "Well, I saw a UFO." You remember what the joke used to be, right? Y'all remember when this started happening back in the seventies? Is that when it was? Or was it in the 60s when everybody was smoking so much dope they started seeing them? When was it? Is that when it was? Y'all remember? There was a time when you never heard of one and then everybody was talking about UFOs. And somebody said, well, how do you know it was a UFO? Well, it had UFO on the side of it. No. 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 But it's kind of like that. You say, well, God told me. People kind of look at you like, he one of those, she one of those. What does that mean exactly? So there's all kind of things come up when you start talking about that. Lily Tomlin, as crazy as she was, listen, she's right. Why is it that when we speak to God, we call it praying, and nobody has anything to say about it? But when God speaks to us, they look at us like we're schizophrenic. Why is that? You know, it's, it is a little bit messed up. We stand in a millennial-long tradition where humans have been addressed by God throughout the Old Testament. Man, countless times. He spoke to him. He spoke to him. He spoke to him. And you see the interaction. And that's exactly what was going on. The ancient Israelites heard the voice of God speaking to them. Deuteronomy chapter 4. A regular place of communion and interchange 
of that communion in com uh, communication was between God and the priest at the mercy seat. You know, God spoke. Why do we think he can't speak anymore? He does. He just doesn't just do it verbally, you might say, like he did with them. But he still does it. And that's what we're looking at. We are to have faith among the Israelites. And we kind of have to learn how to hear when God is speaking. And that's what all these things that uh, the chapters in the book are about, about praying, circumstances, experience, the church, individuals, all those things in the right place can help us discern this is God speaking and not just my subconscious or just not the devil himself. The devil would try to do that. What did, what did David himself say? Teach me. Teach me what your will is. I want to know. You know, and God is talking to him. Remember when Isaiah, when he heard from him, what did he say? Then you shall call on the Lord. God spoke to him. And, and almost like now, we just say, oh, that's a strange thing. That only happened back then. No, it does still happen. It's just not in the same uh, manner in which that happens. But if you really want to know, there's some things that we can do and know. One follower asked Jesus on that night when he was talking to him. He says, how would this manifesting take place? And Jesus said, what? He and his father would come to them and make our home. He's going he's to keep talking to us. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's one of them. We have circumstances. That's another one. And we have God's Word. That's the three main ones we're going to look at when we look at what a lot of people call the three greens, <laughs> the three green lights in this. The Spirit inhabits us. It's not mute and restricting itself to occasional nudge. You know, it's, it's not some crazy thing out there. It's something that God said, you know, I, I'm trying to communicate with you. This is how we're going to do it. Are you... Are you willing to put some time in that to do it? Do you want to know? Because it's a process. The abiding of the Son and the Father in the faithful heart involves communication. Jesus said, I'm going to be with you. You know, I'm going to communicate with you. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. How could there be a personal relationship, a personal walk or with God or anyone else if there was no communication? You know, uh, that's one of the first problems that people have in marriage. They quit communicating. They don't talk. If God loves us and he's going to be in a relationship with us, don't you think he'd still want to communicate with us? Yes. It's not a strange thing. One-to-one -one with God. How is that? God walks and talks in our midst as a part of how the kingdom. He says the kingdom of God is where? Within you. That's part of it. He said, how am I going to communicate? We are to seek to interact with God in a relationship of listening and speaking. You know, we speak to God by, we call that praying, but how is it that we listen to hear what he's saying back to us so we can respond and do what he says and know what he says? You remember this one out of Second Chronicles, remember? If my, people who call my, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their weird ways, what? I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. That's communication. If we humble ourselves and seek God, he'll respond. And that kind of an interaction is part of our personal relationship with Jesus. That's what we're talking about, right? Experiencing God on a personal level, do you think he doesn't communicate with us? How is it to be personal with someone if they never communicate with you? Uh, and, uh, and we're not talking about speaking in tongues and stuff like that, all right? And, of course, if we're going to hurry through this, and you'll see that's not, absolutely not what we're talking about. Re recognizing the voice of God. You got to be careful. There's a lot of things the devil says and people think it's God. 
and it is not. And, but we have a way of knowing that if we pay attention. The shepherd of the sheep, what did Jesus say? He calls his own by name, and he leads them. He goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, what? Because they know his voice. How, is, how do we do that? We learn. We learn to hear it. You know, you get a new pet, and how long does it take for them to learn their name? Because for a long time, they don't know their name. Isn't that right? But eventually, you keep saying it, and he's the only animal there. And finally, they learn their name. Why? They have to recognize it. And you know, you know how that works, right? The one who really uh, controls the animal or is with the animal, he knows their voice, even though he knows the other's voices. When that person speaks, they listen more. I don't know if you've ever had many animals. But you know, if you're trying to correct an animal, somebody else in the family that is around the animal, but if you're the one who feeds it, they're going to listen to you more. That's just the way that goes. I don't know if you're paying attention to that or not, but that's the way it goes. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. They hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You mean to tell me sheep can learn from their master and follow them, and we can't? <laughs> Hello? Are we dumber than sheep? Some of us. All of us at one point in time, until Jesus illuminated our eyes and our mind, to the individual believer who is by the very fact of relationship to Christ, if you're a believer and the Holy Spirit indwells you because you are a believer to that person, it is granted the direct impression of the Holy Spirit of God in us. Why? Imparting the knowledge of His will in matters of the smallest and the greatest. That's coupled with the Scripture and with circumstances in those three things. And you will, as you will see, they're interdependent. You need all of them, and they're kind of working all at the same time, even though, and, and that's how you finalize what God's, uh, that's what he's saying. That's how you hear his voice. It's a process. When a word or thought comes to us through others, the inner voice, some special experience, the Bible or circumstances. That's those chapters that talk about this is how God speaks, this way, this way, this way. How do we know that that's from God and just not from someone else or from the devil? So you got to start weighing that. Okay, let's make sure. How do we know? We can know the word is from God if it corresponds to the plain statement that we get from the Scripture. You weigh everything by the Bible. Everything. You sift anything you think is what God's saying down through the grid of the Bible, and if it comes out on the bottom, then yeah. That's always a comparison. The Bible. It's always, it's, it's the, the mainstay in this. Construed in such a way that it is consistent with soundly interpreted Bible teaching. That's a biggie. You know, uh, let me go ahead and read this. We all know the times, for example, when God does specific things that you really don't have to study. He says, do not worship idols. All right? It doesn't take a lot of studying to understand what that means, right? That's a kind of a simple one. But there are some things that are more difficult, so you've got to go through the process to say, okay, exactly how is this going to work? How is it going to fresh out? Even a word-for-word -word quotation from the Bible can be turned around to say something that the Bible doesn't say. 
we call that proof text. You know, even, even uh, people who are uh, promoting Hamas are trying to use the Bible to say they're okay. You know, you can do that, okay? And, and that's why the, the first p- paragraph before this was from a serious Bible study system when you start talking about an issue, you've got to look everywhere in the Bible that is dealt with to find a principle. You can't just pull one out from the Old Testament or one from the New Testament and say, oh, well, this is what it means. No. No. Now, you can make it say anything you want to if you're going to do that. And a lot of people try to do that. But no, that's not what we're talking about. You don't find God's will that way. You might find something, but it's not God's will. Why? Because that's how the devil would try to tell you something. And that's how he tries to speak. The dangers of so-called proof texting, of taking a biblical passage out of the context, serve some preconceived purpose. We know that's what a lot of people try to do. Well, it's okay because God said, well, wait a minute. No, you can't do that. You say, well, that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. That's why no one wants to do it. That's why I said earlier, do you really want to know what God's will is? It's going to cost you. You can know. We can know. But it's kind of complicated, and in one sense, not complicated. It's time-consuming in the process. Voice recognition. You know, that's on all kinds of stuff nowadays. You know, when we saw Star Trek and the automatic doors were open, we thought, that would never happen. You all remember when the first time you saw that? Look in there. Where did they, they think somebody's doors are going to open when you walk up to it? Is that something now? What's voice recognition? Face recognition? Finger recognition? Everything. Recognizing the voice. It's a remarkable fact that sheep and all kind of animals, they recognize their master's voice. Isn't that something? Yeah. There's a lot of people might could call your animal, but when you call your animal, you know, I don't know what happens sometimes if kids have more than one name and you call them by another name, and everybody else calls them by their real name, but you never call them by that name. You call them by a nickname. They don't know who, to, who they're talking to, right? You all ever seen that before? Well, who, but that's your name. Well, no, everybody calls me this. Voice recognition. You know, that's exactly what it is. If animals can do it, God's given us his spirit. Surely we can recognize God's voice when he's speaking to us. Isaiah marvels at it. He says, what? The ox knows his owner and the donkey his master's crib. But Israel, God's own people, just like us, does not know my people. They don't know and they don't understand. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Jeremiah said the same thing when he talks about non-domesticated creatures. Even the stork in the heavens knows this time and the turtle dove swallowing the crane observe the time of their coming. But my people... Do not know the ordinance of the Lord. They don't, they don't not listen to what God says. They don't know what God's saying. They're not listening. It's not that he wasn't speaking. In contrast, the light that shines in every human being who comes into the world, according to John, it vainly strikes the blinded eyes of fallen humanity. The word that has gone out to the very end of the earth, according to Psalms 19, falls on deaf ears. Paul said that. He says, the natural man. The person who is not a believer in Christ, who doesn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of him, the Bible is just a book. That's all it is. It doesn't mean anything. It's not going to change anything in their life. 
I'm going to show you a quote from F.B. Meyer in just a minute. Boy, he's exactly right. He's an old preacher, theologian, been dead for a pretty good while. Who had been given the additional birth, the new birth, through the message of Christ, we can understand and we can hear. That has entered his lives can learn by experience to hear when God speaks. What? You've got to learn. You've got to learn to hear God's voice and not let it be Satan's voice or society's voice or the culture's voice or even your family's voice. It can be your family's voice as God as he speaks to recognize his word and be confident that that's his word and then act on it. We want to know that's his word if we're going to do something right. Especially if you're stepping out there and going to cost you life. You kind of want to know. You know, if it's just nothing real important, then you say, well, so what? But if you're laying your life on the line, then you want to really know. Knowing by experience. How about that? The, experience, the emphasis that John gives, you know, from how he starts off in, in the Gospel of John, he says, the word which we have seen and heard and our hands have handled. He's giving you a real-life experience of how he knows God through experience. You know, he knows that. That's exactly what it says, seeing and hearing and touching. Boy, it's startling when you think about that. He's basing what he knows about God. Some of it has come through experience or circumstances, as uh, they would say in the book. But it has in it the presence of the visible, touchable Jesus. That's what he says. And he learned to recognize that when God was speaking. He spoke to John and he said, just write this down. You know, and he wrote the Gospel of John in the book of Revelation, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He speaks to us from the authority of his experience. There's a lot to do with that. Hearing God's word to us has experience bound up in it. I mean, it all those come together. Just as Abraham spoke whenever he's sending his servant to get uh, a bride. Just like uh, Eli says when uh, Samuel, he's talking to him. It's the same thing. We may mistakenly think that if God spoke to us, that you would automatically know that he was the one speaking. No, you won't. The devil could be speaking if you're not careful and you follow the wrong thing. Or society. Or Google. Right? And you, you could follow the wrong thing. So just because you hear something, don't automatically think, well, that must be God speaking. Not if you haven't gone through the criteria to analyze it and make sure, okay, is this God's voice? Or is this something else? How does that work? Without having to learn, but that is simply a mistake. Why? One of the most harmful mistakes of those trying to hear God's voice is that. It leaves us totally at the mercy of any stray ideas that we might have wandering around in our head. And we think that's all right. We may have picked it up from something that uh, we read somewhere, even in the Bible. And we said, well, that's got to be God speaking. And not necessarily is it. It might not be. Perhaps our inability to recognize his voice right off is very the reason because our distorted fallen nature that we have. We haven't lived through enough to be able to recognize some things and have that experience to say, okay, pretty sure that's not right. So it's easy to become uh, a victim of that if we're not careful. We must be told this. The ability to confidently distinguish and recognize his voice, his voice comes only a lot of times with experience. You know, I don't care how many classes you've taken. There's some things you only really learn by what? 
that being there, doing it, tearing up something, breaking something, that won't work. You know, you say, well, the book says, boy, I'm telling you what, don't go by every manual that's printed. One of the last cars we worked on, we'd rebuilt the motor, we're getting the timing back and went to the manual and it said the timer orders this thing wouldn't crank, wouldn't crank, wouldn't crank. I said, something ain't right. So I went to another location and said, well, that ain't right. I got the wire right, then it cranked right up. The Ford manual was wrong. Okay? Just because it, you got to be careful. Not everything is right out there. Some of it you learn by experience. You know, check this thing. You've been this. We're not even coming to the best part yet, and we're already done. Confusion allows evil impulses to move into the vacuum and sweep us away. There are all kind of voices out there. All kind of voices. The devil speaks all the time. Here it is, the three lights. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Some of this came from Dallas Willard, one of his books a long, long time ago. I don't know if you know who he is. He did, he did a lot of kind of uh, devotional type stuff. God impressions within his word without are always corroborated by the providence around, which are circumstances. And we can quietly wait until those three focus on the one point. Circumstances, the Holy Spirit, God's Word, those three lights. They need to all be green before you move. That's, that's, what the, that's what the thought is. If you do not know what you ought to do, stand still till you know. You know, you know if, if it's a big deal and you say, I need to make sure about this before I step out there. You know, God can guide us if we're moving. But if you've done enough research to say, we think we're going in the right direction. But if it's a serious thing, you want to be sure before you start or you can get in trouble. And then when the time comes for actions, what? Circumstance will show without any question. That's the right thing. That's it. And you be sure then you're on the right when those things guide you. That's exactly what it is. There's all kinds of discussions about these, these three lights, the green lights, the three points of reference. I'll call, call, some call it the three lights. You can consult these determining what God wants to do, and they are this, circumstances by experience. You know, experience, circumstances, they, God does use them, absolutely. Impressions of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of us speaking to us, impressions upon us, it deals with us. And number three, God's, God's Word. Those three, and, and the problem is they're interdependent, <laughs> You know, you can't just say, well, I'm going to just go on my circumstances, but it might not be at the same time that you're reading God's Word. So they're, they're interdependent. You need them all, but they're not all happening exactly at the same time. That makes it a little more complicated, eh? Yes. What did I say earlier? It's not simple. Well, no, no. It is simple. It's just time-consuming and thought-provoking. You know, how, how does this work? With these things point in the same direction, it suggests that we may be sure that the direction in which they're going is where God wants us to be. F.B. Meyer, in his old book, The Secret of Guidance, look what he says. The circumstances of our daily life are to us as an infallible indication of God's will. When they concur with the inward promptings of the Spirit and the Word of God, all three. Circumstances. God's Spirit, God's Word. So long as they're stationary, he says, wait. 
If you're not pretty clear they're telling you to move, don't move. Wait. When you must act, they will open. And a way will be made through the oceans and the rivers, wastes and the rocks, when it's right. That's what he says. It is possible to understand this precious advice in such a way that it completely resolves any problem about hearing voice. It just takes some work and takes them a little bit of time. Say, we want to try to make sure this is what God wants us to do. This will normally be the case for those who have already learned to recognize if you've already been walking with the Lord Jesus for a good long time, this is going to come a little easier than a novice, than a brand new person. They don't have that experience with them already. Uh, this is why the church is important. Individuals are important to help someone along uh, to be a sounding board and somebody, a brand new person, a brand new believer is trying to figure this thing out and you're trying to help them because maybe you have some experience in this they don't have yet. So you can say, okay, or not, you know, that, that's important. For those who do not have that confident work and familiarity with God's voice, trying to discern these things can be a little bit confusing. Hey, eh? <laughs> Yeah. You say, well, I've been with him a long time. It's still confusing to me. All right, yeah, it can be some. That's exactly right. The lights can be especially dangerous and disappointing for those without a deep walk with Jesus already. Okay, that's all that means. If you've been walking with Jesus in a personal relationship, uh, you start applying some of this. If you haven't been already, it's going to be a lot easier for you than someone who hasn't been walking with Jesus, does, does not have that experience, maybe doesn't know God's Word as much doesn't recognize what the spirits, how the Spirit speaks to them already. It's a process. That's what it is. Uh, and so it's a little more complicated. That's why we need one another, right? Such people will almost certainly try to use them as a spiritual gimmick, the novice. You know, it's amazing how it's exciting to hear believers, but a lot of times new believers speak a lot more than they know. You know what I mean? And we need to help them say, okay, uh, you can't say that yet because <laughs> you haven't lived that out yet before you can say, well, this is the way it's got to be. Just be careful, all right? Some things you learn by experience, then you know they don't know yet. So it's easy for them to get in a little bit more trouble because, uh, they just say, boom, 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 I'm going to check this off and check this off. Then that's God's will. Okay, just be careful. If you know somebody who's dealing with that, help them be careful because uh, it's easy for that to happen. The problem with using the three lights, we already got to quit. A large part of the practical problem in working with the three lights comes from the simple fact that they're interdependent. You know, in, uh, uh, it just makes it a little more difficult, but it's still... It can be done, right? It is difficult or impossible to tell what the one is saying without already knowing what the other one is saying, right? We got to weigh this one. What's the circumstance? What's God's Word saying? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me? All those three things that are working together. It's commonly understood that the Holy Spirit works through the Scripture to make uh, the guidance. That's what exactly what the Holy Spirit does. It guides us and enlightens us so that we can... We can understand and we can see. William Law said this, Without the present illumination of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God must remain to a, a, 
a regular person is just, is just dead paper. It won't be anything. There's no guidance there. They don't see God's hand in it. It doesn't do anything for them. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's not in them illuminating. So we have to have that. All right? Um, when Danny puts it on the website, just mull through this again and uh, look at it if you're not applying some of this to your life it is like i said it's really not that complicated it's just a little more time consuming uh and and look at the rest of it that's only about half of what we were going to do but i I think it can be helpful as you assimilate all the other four or five chapters that are in the book with this it kind of helps just bring it together can we know what god wants we can that doesn't mean we're going to he's going to tell us when the end time is because he said nobody knows that but if you want to know exactly where God wants you to be and what you're doing in your life, he wants to communicate that if we want to listen. But it is kind of learn. I don't know if you've ever been around someone that doesn't speak English. You have to learn to listen to them. You know what that means? You know, they're speaking English, but it's not Southern English. It's uh, Spanish English or Venezuelan English. So you have to really listen because, you know, and you learn, you learn how to understand it, don't you? That's exactly what this means. Does God speak? Absolutely. We have to learn how to hear it. We do. And this is a simple process with all those things working that can help us say, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what God's saying. And that's what he wants. He wants us to know. He's not trying to hide anything. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you do have a plan and that you do want us to communicate with you and, and you will communicate with us. Father, just remind us how serious it is to know exactly what you want uh, to say to us and how you've given us all that we need to know that. Father, help us to encourage one another to try to see and understand exactly what you're telling us to do. Father, we thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have a plan in Jesus' name. Amen. If any of you do want to come and uh, sign the book while we're singing, I'll just be up here at the front, and uh, I have the little uh, clipboard here. All it is is just a piece of paper, and uh, those that will sign today will just go in our church membership book in the day showing that uh, you became a bona fide member of Harmony on that date.